Coming to you live from the Chamber of Haunters studios, this is Haunting You. I'm Leslie Reed. And I'm Keone Hutton. If you're listening to this, congratulations, we've made it 15 days into 2021. <laughs> we'll call that progress. <laughs> Solid. Oh, that's, that's a good start. Yes, we're two weeks into the into the new year. That's That's definitely a good start. John is still alive. We just want to confirm that uh, in case anybody is worried. He's desperately sleep-deprived, and his sentences are surprisingly less coherent than even normal. So we thought it best <laughs> that he sit out another another podcast, and he'll probably be sitting out another month or so as he continues getting used to his, uh, his new role as a father. It has Which been he a is- lot of fun mm-hmm. to watch. Yes, and he is greatly enjoying the time that he's getting to spend with his kiddo. Um, so for, exposing, for that alone, exposing we, uh... his one-month-old to the Joker and other <laughs> Batman villains, so we know he is at least raising the child right. Was, he, he's getting well educated, so we, we can't argue <laughs> with that there. <laughs> well, welcome to Haunting You. We have a special treat for you today, as promised on our previous episode. Mr. Spencer Terry, the general manager of Fear Factory, is back with us today. If you haven't yet listened to it. Definitely go back and listen to episode 27 before you get any further into this podcast, because I don't want to go over the same things we talked about then now. So there's not going to be a whole lot of background type stuff and who he is and and all of those. So stop if you haven't already listened to it. Stop listening right now. Go back, listen to episode 27, and then come back to this episode. And I think our conversation will make a lot more sense to you. And if it doesn't, let us know and we'll fix that somehow. But... Yeah, somehow. But it should. <laughs> but it should, exactly. But it should. But anyway, so Spencer Terry is the general manager of Fear Factory. Fear Factory was the first haunted house in the world to open in, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. And they published a 60-page safety plan that they made free to everyone and their mother uh, to help the rest of the industry and even other industries be able to reopen safely in the midst of well, COVID. And, and, and not even just to be able to re- reopen safe, safely, but to I mean, one of the big issues with the, especially at the beginning of the pandemic is nobody really knew what, to, what questions to even begin asking about what to do and how to do it. And one of the things that this document did and that Spencer Terry and the team at Fear Factory did was really kind of open the conversation of what types of questions and what what type of risks and mitigation of those risks that we should be asking and thinking about as we look to attempt to function during a pandemic. Exactly, Um, exactly. So they put together that document, they made it completely free, a whole bunch of haunts and other, other businesses were able to use it to help them open safely and mitigate the spread of COVID while continuing to operate their businesses. And we are very grateful to Fear Factory for doing that. But we wanted to circle back with him, check in and see how it went for their haunt season. So last time we talked to him, it was the middle of summer. They had just finished their halfway to Halloween event and uh, we're looking at the lessons learned from that. So now we get to follow up with him, see how their actual haunt season went and what they learned from that. So Les, I think if you're ready, let's bring him in. Absolutely. I'm here. Ha ha! You made it. We have success. It's like magic. I uh, <laughs> I got a new laptop and I'm like, where's my answer button? Like, come on. <laughs> you know what? Technology I just did the exact same stuff. thing when Leslie called me, so I totally get it. Yeah, technology. So that's sucks. why. Yeah. Yes, that's How why it took going? so long. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing awesome. How are you? Love the beard, by the way. It's super epic. Oh, thanks. It's uh, it's kind of my way of saying screw you, COVID. I get um, it. It's about really all there is to it, actually. <laughs> so, I uh, I've never really, you know, I've had a beard for years, but I finally was like, you know what? It's kind of a go big or go home. But I'm like, I'm learning how to like be that beard guy that um. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't know if either of you have kids or you have like a dog or something, but yeah, I got two kids. Kind of like when you have one of those, you, you like, you go to the dog park and you're like, oh, you're a dog parent, right? And you're, like, <laughs> you're, you're in the in club. <clears throat> or, you know, you got a kid and they're like, yeah, you know, me too. What, they're four years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's the same with beards. Like, <laughs> I, I literally, like, I've got dudes that are like, hey, nice beard. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it's it's so funny. Like in my wife, it's kind of funny because my wife was like, 
was she hitting on you or did she really like your beard? I'm like, she likes my beard. It's fine. Like, Clearly, obviously, so, that's what's happening here. Exactly. So I'm like, you know what, honey, it's totally good. But yeah, I'm like learning how to like take care of it and maintain it. And it's like, it really is like, Leslie, you know, it's, it's props. Cause anytime you gotta like do your hair every day and I got to do my beard every day now. And I'm like, there's yes. a, you know, I had a beard because I didn't want to do anything. And finally, People, Christmas time, everyone's like, you look like Santa. And I'm like, the hell with Santa. So, <laughs> yes. What do you do? Oh, I love it. I love it. There, there's a reason so, my yeah. hair lives in a ponytail 90% of the time since. Uh, That'll be it. That's the way to do it. It's easier to do. to do. It. Yeah. I want to be in the Beard Club. The Coast Guard doesn't let me. So COVID has been an opportunity oh, for me yeah. to grow out some things. I was rocking the goatee for a few months, oh, more yeah. a few weeks. I look good with a goatee. I, I could totally pull that off if the Coast Guard would let me. But they don't, huh? But like they don't. But they there's, don't. I'm sure there's a length restriction. Yeah, zero is the is the length restriction. I could have a, oh. a, a mustache as long as it does not extend past the lips, but right, I look yeah. like super Mexican when I have a mustache. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Super Mexican, and it's just yeah, not a, yeah. not the look I want to go for. <laughs> That's too funny. People talk to me in Spanish all the time. I'm like, I can't help you. I can't help you. <laughs> I don't That's remember that funny. much. Oh, but Got anyway. It. Well, welcome back to Haunting You. We are very excited to have you here. Just to give you a quick idea of how of, of how we're thinking of today would go, yeah. I want to talk about how your season went, ask some questions about like how much you were open, compare it from 2019 to 2020. What changed okay. that you saw? See how the COVID response plan went, uh, what le- additional lessons learned you had after running in through the full haunt season. Yeah. And then we want to talk a little bit about like where you are right now and what you're looking forward to for Haunt Season 21. Everything. Hey, sounds <laughs> good. Where do we start? Oh, well, let's start with set, – set the stage for us. How was – what did COVID look like in Salt Lake City in October? Uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, it could have been worse. Um, I think that's very similar for um, for a lot of folks. It had an up, it's ups and downs for sure. Uh, I think logistically, uh, every day was a new day for us. My friend of house director, God bless her, um, because every day we kind of reconfigured, reformulated. We had to look at not only how ticket sales were doing pre, but also post, but also during the show. Um, it was, you know, time ticketing is, it's a beast. It's a beast. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned um, I, this was going to be your first year using the time yeah, ticketing. Yeah, and we learned a lot, and just kind of hearing from the um, hearing from the national, just the national market, a lot of people either really struggled. It was kind of a sink or swim with time ticketing. You either could figure out how to read between the lines and read your data, uh, or it just didn't work for you because you weren't able to connect all those dots. And so, I I, I probably have read more in between the lines data this year. Um, from our ticketing software than ever before, which is really great because it's helping me better understand my clients, my market. You know, if I remember right, a lot of your, a lot of the folks that are listening to you all are home haunters. Not gonna lie, like, I mean, I think there's probably some home haunts, let's be honest, who are epic enough that they're like, yeah, we're gonna need to do like some kind of a time ticketing or, you know, figure out multiple days that they're open and- Shout out Davis Graveyard. <laughs> and I think that's the cool part. Like people are, um, you know, from a from a professional attraction perspective, I always put that in air quotes because as a home haunter, I was like, I'm professional too. <laughs> but you know, for for attractions that are that are running, you know, really big venues, I have a hunch that time ticketing is here to stay. I think customers in general are kind of saying. My time is valuable, and although I had a really fun time waiting in line for three hours and watching people get scared, I also really hated you for it, and now I'm going to demand that my wait time is under an hour, and I still want to have all these same experiences, but in less time. And so Mm -hmm. it's been Mm -hmm. really interesting to kind of like watch that pendulum move a little bit. So, um, But overall, it was a good year. You know, did we lose money? Yep. Sure did. Um, there are some haunted houses that had just they smashed it this year. I, uh, in fact, just was talking to Brett Molitor, um, who runs Asylum in uh, out in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, he's the old HAA president, mm-hmm. and he um, he just killed it this year. Just killed it. Knocked all of his numbers way out of the ballpark, and he's really happy about it. 
you know, and some haunted attractions did really well because they, you know, they were the only item, you know, maybe the only one that was open in the market. Sure. I think we heard that a lot from home haunters as well that, um, I mean, hallelujah that there's more home haunts that opened up this year because people were like, I'm home, COVID sucks. Honey, we're doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, let's do it. It's like it was great to see so many home haunts. Even um, you know, my certainly my background has changed. I moved as well. I actually moved my whole family October first. It was the worst idea of my oh, life. Oh man! Um, and I had to do it. There wasn't really a choice. We found our a really great a great place and great home that we we've been kind of keeping an eye on what we wanted and. Mm-hmm. It had to happen, but you know, even like out, you know, it's for people who are like, wait, you run Fear Factory, like you're the GM, and where's your like, where's your Halloween decorations? And I'm like, next, year. <laughs> next year, I, I will do something next year. I'm so sorry, like I I know I'm not doing what I, I'm not doing my part, but we've had like five or six homes on the on just on this street that just kill it. So oh, it, I love those neighborhoods. Cool to see how home haunting um, also kind of just sailed right out this year which has been it's been really cool so so overall yeah. decent year well that's awesome you actually segued very nicely to uh something i wanted to ask since you're on the haa board of directors nationally what kind of trends were you guys seeing yeah lots you know uh, we just sent out the magazine our scream zine uh that just sent out yesterday and for folks you know is home haunters for those if you're whether you're a, a, a venue haunt or you're a home haunt oh, i like that this whole professional crap, like you're either a venue haunt or a home haunt. I like that. I'm, I'm stealing that. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. You know, there's value. I've never, I never in a million years um, when I was an HAA member, you know, I just kind of thought it was like, yeah, you know, I just pay my money to a group of people and, and I get the benefit that if I need something, I get it and I get this like publicity thing and I get some, uh, you know, most people don't know there's like this $10,000 Lou Hammond emergency press core like literally like press team hmm. that if there's like a shooting or a fire or there's a catastrophic event that happens at your facility you can tap into that group and for free as a member and so you know and i always just kind of was like eh, there's not really like a, an roi for me and now being on the board this will be my almost my second year um going into my second year and holy crap the amount of work that's happening uh to help propel this industry uh, it, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing to me. Um, the group of people, you know, the, the people who make up the board of directors are constantly volunteering for stuff. Uh, it might be, you know, press releases or to talk about the industry. Uh, HAA, the Haunted Attraction Association, we hired a lobbying firm with a few other uh, haunt attraction groups. We pitched in 10 grand of our membership money to help lobby for what now is this PPP coming out for small businesses where, you can choose which quarter you lost your revenue from um, instead of just you know, like it had to be this specific it's quarter because originally PPP was only Q1. And now that you can choose which quarter, that's pretty beneficial for a lot of small businesses. And so there's been a lot of things happening behind the scenes and obviously working with the crew at Transworld um, and getting the Transworld dates announced. But that also means, you know, organizing lots of logistics and all the HAA things that happened during the HAA show. And Transworld, it's ugh, so much. So, I, man, if there's ever a year, you know, and there, yeah, we and we gave 2020, we gave all HAA members free membership, and we actually are rolling all the memberships over to 2021. So essentially, the membership, the industry didn't make any money in 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a if this is the year that you're like, hey, you know what? I know it's I got to put my money where my mouth is and pitch a hundred bucks towards the HAA. Like, this is the year to do it, but it's been a really, it's been a really busy year for um, as busy as we've already been. HAA has, uh, has just kind of been pushing things. So, which is great. That's our job. Yeah. That's our job. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk your COVID plan. We talked right after you did uh, Midsummer scream yep. last year and had plenty of lessons learned that we discussed in our yeah. last episode. How did it change once you actually got into the hot season and were you modifying it on the fly? Like what were you learning as you, as you executed? Um, yes. To all of that. I think what we learned is that our plan in May, um, was pretty decent. Um, I think if I were to give you a percentage of what we changed two, maybe three percent. So not much. No, at all. not much. Um, 
The health department showed up five times throughout our season, three that we were aware of, two that we were not. And other than a one suggestion that they had, which is to figure out how to make people waiting in better spacing outside of our property, um, mm. they were they were <laughs> like, you know, you're amazing. I mean, we we were the top rated haunt. We we're the only one that didn't get didn't get a slap on the wrist. It sounds like some other haunted houses they were not so impressed with, and so. We were able to, you know, keep our favor with the health department um, because we, we did what we said we were going to do. They definitely came in with guns blazing, um, and that seems to be the case for a lot of uh, a lot of haunted houses that did have the health department show up as they were kind of flexing muscle and being like, mm-hmm. here we are. And then there were other states that the health department didn't even show up, and after multiple reports of other haunted houses that were like – or not even haunted houses, but other venues um, that were like – screw it, we're just going to kind of do whatever we want. And if you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And, and the health department really didn't do anything in some of those cases. So it's so fascinating to see how as a, as a federal agency, as, you know, as, a, as a government, the local, what, what would the variation of local governance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool mm-hmm. to see. It's good to, it's good to know how to, it's good to know what states can, can navigate through the water a little bit more. So. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, I mean, I think overall, though, not really a ton of learning other than we ended up hiring more staff for queue lines. What we realized is that distancing is great, but it allowed we we essentially we had to spread. I mean, our waiting line was almost three fourths of a mile long Wow! because we just we had to have more space. Yeah. And that was that was a little ridiculous. Not going to lie. Um, to have to have to manage that. I mean, if you can imagine being in line for, you know, we never had more than a 55 minute wait our entire year, and the entire time you're waiting, you're constantly in motion. Like you're literally not standing for more than probably 10 seconds. Wow. Before you advance to the next place. So uh-huh. um, it literally, by the time you came onto our property, walked all the way down our space into the queue ticketing area, into the graveyard area, and into our shoots area. You were constantly moving, which was kind of a bummer because I think, you know, some people love just being in a crowd watching other people get scared by monsters. And it's hard for monsters to scare people when you're in consistent motion. Sure. Um, But, yeah, other than that, really, um, that and time ticketing, those were really our two big things that we just kind of did some learning on. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. we did pretty good. How many people did you have working your queue line once you kind of realize that with the extended nature of it, that you needed more, more people in there to get the, to get the queue processing. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, we had planned on 17 full-time or 17 staff that are working all of our nights of operation, not quite an FTE, but 17 staff. By the end of the season, we were at 22. Wow. So okay. We grew yeah. substantially, which which really paid off at the end of the day. Like, it was kind of one of those things where it was a labor of love of having like, and, and again, our front of house director, Stephanie is just phenomenal. And every day was kind of like a, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get this today. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and sure enough, by the end of the season, it was like, we could keep doing this for the three months flawlessly. So, but it definitely took some learning. Yeah. 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 How did your season this year compare to 19? Like number of days you were open, actors you had on site, uh, ticket sales. Yeah, vastly different. Typically, a a typical season for us is 40 days. This year, we knocked it down to 28. That's a substantial difference. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, there was another haunted house locally that they, they thought, you know, if I have to have more... If I have to have less people on property, then I need to be open more days to accommodate those people. Mm-hmm. And we bet that our betting wage was that we're going to restrict the number of days and we're going to sell out every single one of those nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our plan worked. Uh, we sold out, I think, almost 85% of all of our nights of operation, wow. um, which is just mind-boggling to think of. I mean, keeping in mind, of course, that this is a 50% occupancy. Um, sure. But still, sure. being able to sell out six or ten hours before we even open the gates is just incredible. It allows <laughs> us to plan better. It allows us to staff better. It allows – I mean there's so many things that – you know, you don't have that surprise of, holy crap, where did these 3,000 people just come from that are walking in mm-hmm. right now? That's been really cool to see and kind of helped us plan a little bit better, which was really helpful. 
So when you say sold out, I think when we talked in the summer, you were talking, you were planning for like two to 3000 a night. Is yep. that about what you were seeing? Still there. Yep. Yeah. That wow. was win. Yeah. And so how many actors were you using to keep up with that? We also decreased our actors. Right. Just because of spacing inside the, the attraction. But we on average, I think we we're like 95 per night. So okay. still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, not our usual 120, 130, but it's still a great show. In fact, you know, this is the beauty of COVID. The silver lining is that it forced us to really kind of think about how do we do things differently. And so we ended up investing a lot of money in animatronics, investing in, you know, some of our <laughs> old builds that we had, but remaking those. Um, and uh-huh. our, our effects and our props team uh, was busy running new latex molds to kind of create new monsters with old animatronics. Our tech team was refurbishing all the manifolds and kind of greasing everything up, making sure everything was good to go. And I, I actually didn't walk through the attraction completely with customers until like our second night that we had been open. I mean, I had been in it like during rehearsals and stuff, but you know, once you've got, you know, you have almost a hundred staff and you're pushing 2000 people in motion. Plus you've got, I mean, I don't even know how much air we run. We have those massive industrial, (laughs) like they're like as big as your car compressors Mm-hmm. Uh, we have five of those, and we ran out of air because we had Holy. we had added all these new animatronics, and our team, our our tech team, was like, we should have the cubic feet that we're going to need to be able to push everything through these lines. And remember, we're on this four-acre property to mm-hmm. run air mm-hmm. hoses all up. I mean, there's just so mileage, miles and miles of line <laughs> of airline, and um, and it was crazy. Like we just. We ran out. We ran out of air. We ended up having to buy a new compressor. And when it was installed on the second day, and I finally got to walk through with a friend of mine, and I was like, "Holy shit, this show is amazing!" <laughs> and before, I always knew we had a great show, but to have like, even though we decreased actors, but we increased all of these animatronics and sounds and, and deployments of different kinds of scares. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and it was the same conversation that um, I had with another group about home haunting was. You know, figure out a way to do more with less. Like that's home haunting 101, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And and some some home haunts have just been saying like how much they just killed it this year. And it, I think a lot of it is because people looked for other ways to enjoy their entertainment dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was really cool. It was definitely a learning moment, but I I was really proud beyond proud that our show was just. I don't know that. I mean, we have almost same. We have almost a three fourths of a mile walk through um, the entire attraction, and I don't know that there's less than five seconds between either uh, you know an arcer or a noise scare or an animatronic that's moving or a, a set design that has something. But it was pretty cool. But you know, props to our entire team and, and Keith, one of our owners, that kind of leads up the tech team of pushing 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 as hard and as fast as possible kind of a race against time but yeah it was good that's awesome yeah you guys need to come out and see it you're telling me oh yeah we really do every time i go on your website i just start drooling (laughs) we'll make it happen one day one day I promise. Next time I'm next time I move back to the West Coast because I seem to be jumping every time the Coast Guard transfers me just coast to coast. Oh yeah, we're a hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> I want to go back and talk about ticketing again. I saw on the website that you're offering three different types of tip- tickets: rapid, turbo, and then immediate pass. Yep. Basically offering head of the line privileges. The more money you're willing to pay. Yep. How well did that work? Did you see a lot of uh, preference for one over the other? I see nodding. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, are people willing to pay the extra dollar? Is what I'm. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm really gonna pull curious. the number up really quick, just so I can prove this to you. <laughs> because I'm okay telling the general public what this number was. So, to give you an idea of admissions, I'm gonna pull up our instant access passes. So that pass, as you saw, is seventy dollars. Right. We sold five hundred of them. Holy. So now I'm going to go back to 2018, which was, I believe, the first year that we did instant access. And in 2018, only two years ago, we only sold 70. So in two years' time, we have increased that substantially. And I'm not – if there if there's one thing that 
all of you out there in, in happy land are, are, you know, as you're thinking and listening and like, what am I going to do for 2021? Here's my advice. Make up the stupidest, most expensive thing you can find and list it. <laughs> the fact that we have people in a Utah market, you know, Utah is known for customer service and being cheap. Sounds and right. natural parks and mountains and blah, blah, blah. But from a, from a monetary perspective, that's it. The fact that we're selling a $70 ticket in Utah absolutely just floors me. I have no idea where this money comes from. Here's where it comes from. When I'm in the shoots, the very first 30 minutes that we're open, every night I'm always in the shoots because I want to just check in on my team, make sure we're good, make sure the machine's oiled up, we're ready to rock and roll. Every single night, the first customer is an instant entry, which doesn't make any sense because why would you spend 70 bucks on a ticket when there's not a line and the tickets haven't sold out yet? Why? It's bragging rights. You got, <laughs> you got kids that are like, we just want to be the first ones in. That's it. We want to be the first ones in. I could you not the number of times I had young girls – who were just super ecstatic about being able to be the first group in. And I'm like, ladies, help me out. Like, I'm an old man, and I really don't understand kids. So why are you here right now? And they're like, I don't know. Our mom just looked for the most expensive ticket she could find, and she bought it for us. <laughs> and what I realized is that there really is truth that there is a market for everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're an attraction or you're a home haunt, go nuts. I mean, make a VIP ticket, throw a T-shirt on there, and you know, and you get to meet, you get a, you know, a man, a member of management or someone gets to like escort you like personally and talk to you. <laughs> you go through like, jazz that crap up and sell it for triple your price. Someone and will buy it. If, if ten people buy it, ten people bought it. Those ten people are going to share that on their Facebook because it's a specific VIP limited experience. And next year, there's going to be more people that will be like, hey, remember that thing that you guys did last year? How do we, you know, how do we do how that? How do we too? get to be special too? It's, it's so contagious. I mean, FOMO is a real thing. It is yeah. a real thing. And so, um, you know, where I'm, you know, we've talked about it this year. I'm actually making another ticket. That's going to be probably a hundred bucks or more. And, I don't care if I sell 10, 10 of them. I'm fine with that. But those 10 people, they're going to they're, absolutely they're gonna love it. Those are the loyalists of Fear Factory. They're going to come back year after year. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. my that's my tip of learning moment from 2020 is um, it's okay to have an expensive ticket and it's okay to only sell 10 of them. It's totally fine. All right. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And I mean again just from a social media Instagram must be first on YouTube comments mentality there's always going to be those people that are like i'm going to take pride and advertise the fact that i got here first and yeah. regardless of how much money I had to spend to do it and that's free yeah. and that's free advertising and that's for you free advertising for yeah. you too especially if they're sitting there posting it on instagram posting it on oh look i'm first in line at this place and oh how how do i get to do that and it, it it'll spread yeah it's I realize that I'm part of the problem because, you know, like New Year's Eve every single year, my wife and I figured this out like five years ago. And we were like, screw New Year's Eve and screw going to hang out with a bunch of other drunk people. We're going to go get drunk ourselves. And then we're going to go to this empty theater and watch a movie all by ourselves. And now it's kind of cool because you walk into the theater and you're like, we're the only one. Let's take our picture. Hey, we're the only ones in the theater. (laughs) And I'm like, I do it too. (laughs) Totally. So... So you at I'm least guilty. understand. Guilty. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, tell great. me, did you have any rowdy patrons, uh, people who didn't want to follow the rules, had to get thrown out? Any good stories you can share? Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm really surprised. We had – so because we increased our ticket price, this is going to sound really rude, and I'm sorry if this offends anyone. There's my disclaimer. The lower your ticket price is, the more – problems you're going to have from customers Mm. plain and simple Mm -hmm. every year on tuesdays we usually have this fox tuesday night um fox 13 is one of our sponsors and they kind of help subsidize part of the price and people can come for 15 bucks wow it's usually a 25 29 ticket yeah i hate tuesdays (laughs) because 
the people, how the how our staff is treated, people that don't want to follow the rules, fights that break out, and I'm like, people go home, like don't bring that crap here. Uh, and so we made that decision this year, and we're like, we're not going to offer that. In fact, we're going to increase our tickets. I think we had three three events where we had to ask the groups that you need to cool it or you need to wear your mask, and and that was it. Uh, we had signage throughout the property that pretty much said, we can require you to wear your mask, and once you're inside the attraction, if you take your mask off, thanks for your donation. We're not going to scare you, and we're not going to scare your group. And as customers came out of the exit, they're like, we didn't even get scared once. We immediately went back. We could find the photo of them or find a group member that didn't have their mask on, show it to them on their phone and say, do you remember all those signs that you just passed? That's the reason why. Thanks for your money. Have a good night. Goodbye. And we were pretty firm about it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if you want to be open during a pandemic, you got to play by the rules. And that's one of the rules. And so it worked out really well. Uh, we didn't have, I don't think we had a single fight this year. Wow. Uh, I don't think we actually ejected anyone in 2020. Which is a which is a record breaker for us. For, co- so, for comparison's sake, any idea how many you ejected in 2019? 20, 30. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are multiple groups, mm-hmm. um, multiple issues, multiple concerns, and I mean, at the end of the day, like, right, we're going to defend our staff. Uh, I'm gonna, I want to make sure that my staff, you know, if you if if I'm coming to the factory and you know, Fear Factory is my home because I want to come there and play and have fun. But if people are doing crap to me, like, I don't want to be there, and so. We try and protect the staff as much as we can as well. And granted, you know, sometimes the staff really never sees it. They don't really know. And sometimes even our leaders that are on our ear channels, like they can hear the chatter. What they don't hear is what's happening on two other stations or on two other channels while safety is handling an issue or something Mm -hmm. else is happening. But we really do try and make sure that the you know, we can do our best. It was really nice this year. I I kind of feel like the the rowdy folks kinda kinda weeded themselves out. Mm -hmm. I was really that's awesome. And our staff went too. So, yeah. Uh, I think this is a good time to take a break. So let's take a moment here from our sponsors, and we will be right back. You said something that piqued my interest. Do you have your actors all on comm every night? Not all of them, um, but we've got about 45 radios uh-huh. that are spread out between operations, leadership, security, and then they're all on seven different stations, six different stations, mm-hmm. and you know, it allows us to kind of keep an eye on everything. And then we have one person, our operations and logistics manager, she's pretty much scanning all of those channels. So she can kind of keep an eye on, you know, what's happening from a security perspective or mm-hmm. a flow perspective. If there's a, a slight, if you know, if, if two groups are getting close enough together, she can radio to that specific zone and say, hey, heads up, here's the description. Speed that group up, slow this group down and kind of put spacing back in. Mm-hmm. Um, incident reports, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah we had a lot of radios moving on our property. <laughs> no kidding. So just kind of uh, in, in terms of community outreach and interacting with your with your wider community, what was the community response to the, the, the haunt and just the fact that you were open for operation? Did you guys have any pushback just kind of from your community or was it more just everybody was excited there was something that they could go do safely? I would say probably a good 30 percent, you know, like, when you enter the attraction, you're told kind of like, all right, you guys are going downstairs. You're going to the basement. Like that's the first thing you do is you you think you're ground level and all of a sudden you drop down two floors into the into the underground. And, you know, we're always like, hey, thanks for coming, you guys. Here's what you got to do. And a good 30 percent, I would say, literally said thanks for being open. I think in general, people realize that, you know, some businesses are open, some businesses are closed. As a state, you know, our state has really been uh, a driving force in how do we stay safe, but how do we stay open? Mm-hmm. Uh, our governor understands very, very realistically that you can't pay for hospital expenses if you don't have an economy. And so you kind of it's kind of the double edged sword. But overall, I mean, we didn't we had a little bit of flack at the beginning of I can't believe you guys are open. You're going to kill everyone, blah, blah, blah. And our response to them was, here's our website. Here's our COVID plan. It's been approved by every level of governance in the state. Please read it. 
And if you have any suggestions on how we can be better, we're up for hearing those suggestions. Um, if not, you should know that this is probably more safe than the grocery store. Uh, and we actually we actually sold ourselves. One of our owners, Heidi, literally said that on a press on a press recording. And <laughs> like, actually, mark my words that this will be cleaner and healthier than the grocery store. Sure <laughs> enough, no, we didn't have a single no concerns, no COVID, no transfers, no pathogens, no nothing with 45,000 people on our property. Yeah. So in 28 days, I mean, you think about it, that's not, that's a pretty limited amount of people every day. So yeah. That's great. How did you, how did you communicate those extra steps you were taking to your patrons? Like what extra steps did you put in place trying to make them feel at ease and make them want to come out? Yeah. Um, in May, if you go back and look at our social media for May, there was a ton. I mean, it was just like obliterating social media with, you know, I was even doing like walkthroughs like, all right, what's up customers? If you're coming in May, here's what you can expect that things are going to look a little bit different. And this was back, you know, people were like, why do you have a hand sanitizer in your queue line? <laughs> like, why? But now everyone gets it, right? There's hand sanitizer everywhere now. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think it took some learning, but once fall, once September rolled around, People were like, okay, cool, I get it. Like, I got to show up. I need to stay in line. I can't be six feet. And we still had to remind people. We still had to babysit folks. Most people were genuinely like, oh, yep, sorry, totally forgot. Just kind of doing their thing, which I think overall helped make a better feeling is more people saw that people were coming. We were checking with people at the exit. You know, what do you think of our safety procedures? Is it enough? Is it adequate? Should we do more? What would you suggest? And overall response was that people were really appreciative that we were A, taking the steps to mitigate any concerns, and B, that if there was a space where they felt safe sending their kids or their own entertainment dollars, they would spend them at Fear Factory because they felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that was really, uh, it was, I think, both humbling, but also a really cool pat on the back of all of our staff that uh, that was really vigilant in making sure that uh, we were doing what we could to, to keep everyone safe. So. Do you guys have any predictions or thoughts on how much you guys probably might have built your following just by the safety procedures that you put into place and how that's going to translate for this year, assuming that the pandemic is better managed with <laughs> everybody's crossing fingers with everything, you know, but with the rollout of vaccinations and everything else, how do you think that you're decisions in 2020 are going to expand your business in 2021? Yeah, that's a really great question. To be honest, I don't know that answer. Um, <laughs> I haven't measured our, what I would, you know, in the, in the casino world, that's called lift. You essentially have your, your marker A and marker B based on what your, you know, what changed and how much that's going to lift. And I think, I don't know if I were to, if I were to just guesstimate, I would say, you know, typical haunt attraction growth is about a 2% market. So I would say that we're looking at, I mean, I would think that probably out of that 45 plus thousand, I bet a good probably maybe 10% are new. Uh, we had so many people that showed up that were new because they just hate waiting in line. And when they heard that we're, we don't have lines and that your, your wait's going to be less than an hour, it unlocked. It, it's like we like unlocked bonus mode and all these mm -hmm. people showed up and all these like newbies and uh, it, amazing to me how many people were like, yeah, well, this is the first time we've ever been here. And I'm like, well, you like live under a rock or something. <laughs> and they, but they just, they're like, no, we just, we hate waiting. We just hate waiting in lines. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, welcome to the new world. I mean, that's me. I, right. It's, if it's something that's like, I'm going to have to sit there and wait around a whole bunch of people for a long period of time. I'm less inclined to, to go or do something or I'm the person who's like, eh, I'm going to pay for a fast pass because I yeah, don't want to just yeah, sit there yeah. for three hours to get on a ride at Disney World. You know, Disney World. Yeah, yeah agreed. I, I, I wanna, yeah, I'm the same way. And I, it, it, it was it was so fascinating to me to watch that happen. So I would say, I mean, do we have some new loyalists? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, our social media numbers certainly grew. Um, we actually grew in a lot of different areas. A, a pretty big amount compared to Facebook. We're actually losing some uh, losing some tread in Facebook, but I think that's because demographically, like a lot of our demographic is moving to Instagram, mm -hmm. um, and they're kind of like, "Screw you, Facebook! I'm out of here! Like I don't want to do this anymore." But either way, I mean, regardless of the numbers, like it's just it was really good to see that traction continue to increase. So 
I'll, I'll know that number hopefully next year. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be an interesting kind of a yeah. survey point as as you guys are you know opening up or and you're you know halfway to Halloween and all the other events that you guys do just to kind of see is this something that you found and you know how how is that growing your business because you made good decisions in 2020. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would you know I even thinking of like restaurants in the area, the restaurants who have been vigilant in meeting requirements or meeting or or exceeding those requirements they're seeing a drastic increase in in new customers and i mm-hmm. would expect that that's very similar for us as venues but yeah we'll see <laughs> very cool so another question that i had um we discussed last time on what your makeup and costuming group was doing to integrate all the safety procedures into the costumes and makeup. And there were some fantastic images on your site. What more did they come up with for Halloween? Yeah, those two, you know, Becky and Chelsea that run our makeup team, they like, they themselves hit bonus mode. They, It's like, I, I was just impressed. Every time we turned around, I was impressed by what they were able to pull off this year. I think, you know, we have an internship program. And, you know, and every year we have these intern, we have like 70 plus applications. We only took 15 people this year, actually less, uh, 12 people this year, just because of spacing. We couldn't mm-hmm. fit everybody in our room with the six foot distancing. Mm-hmm. Who knew that we would have to train our makeup interns on how to paint a face with a mask on first? <laughs> uh, it just, who knew? It, it's, and there are days where I, I, you know, we just met to kind of talk about what 2020 is going to look like and, or 2021 is going to look like. And man, if we if we still have to deal with masks, ugh, I hate them so much. And I, it just doesn't give. Is it is an artist? You know, I, mean, I don't know a single artist that doesn't give a hundred thousand percent in what they are passionate about. And so mm-hmm. it's like, hi, artist, thanks for wanting to come and learn how to do makeup. And P.S. You're only going to learn 50 percent of it. Yeah. You're not ever going to get to learn contour of the jaw. You're not going to learn what to do, how it stretches. Like you don't get to learn any of that. And thankfully, we've kind of got to a place now where we can at least say, okay, we can, we, you know, they just released um, Utah, uh, Utah just just passed part of the new resolution is that theaters and actors do not, they're not required to wear masks anymore, which is a, is a good sign in the right direction. I don't know that we're going to still keep our team in masks or not just for their own safety for another year. Mm-hmm. I really don't know that answer yet. Mm-hmm. What I am excited about, though, is that our makeup team can now bring models that they are in the same home with, and they can now do this and start learning that curvature and, and contouring and, and all those other things that they didn't get to learn this year. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. They're still building. They're still doing makeup. Uh, they're still building molds. And, uh, in fact, they're currently getting a whole new line of weaponry put together. Um, some of it we're actually bringing to Transworld. Um, we're going to donate a bunch of our new weapons for – for a couple of auctions, including the Haunted Attraction Association auction, which, by the way, if you're not a member, plug. <laughs> in the past, you know, like anyone could just show up to the auction or anyone could just show up to the state of the industry, and now it's members only. And so um, if you're not a member, you know, I mean, some of those props are like 80% off. And it's the same prop that's on the floor at Transworld, but you could get it discounted. So. Um, it pays. It, it pays to be a member. So yeah. So we're donating a bunch of stuff for that as well. And it's the makeup team just did. A, they did a killer job across the board. And I think as artists, the artists are really happy that that they don't have to paint masks. Uh, but it also it really sped up our makeup time. Every single night we were done almost 20, 30 minutes early before it, we actually opened the show. And typically we're still painting like 10 or 15 minutes into it <laughs> because they're only painting 50%, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. the mask is pre-painted at this point. Everyone has their own mask that's pre-painted. So all they do is patch this, blend those together. Boom, you're out of the chair. So saved, and it saved us some money. You know, we're not having to spend makeup every single night, but eh, pros and cons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, sure. no, that that's awesome, and hopefully they uh, get a chance to at least make the choice of okay, we want to have this portion in masks and this portion not, and yeah, you can your your new crop of interns can <laughs> learn some more things for for 2021. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that I think that's a good, really good place to 
to head. Uh, how do you see Haunt Season 21 shaping up so far? You know, I'm the pessimist in the group. Um, Gotta for have so one. long, I was the like the eternal sunshine of the opt or the whatever that movie is like. Eternal uh, sunshine of spotless mind. That's it. Um, <laughs> I've always been this optimist. It, COVID has definitely turned me into a slight pessimist because <laughs> I I recognize that reality is different than what I want or think any of us for that matter. And so I, do I think it's, uh, do I think we're going to be okay? Yes. Uh, do I think we're out of the, do it? We're completely out of the forest yet? No. Um, I do think that mask mandates will probably be gone. This is me and my fortune ball. So nobody quote me. <laughs> I think mask mandates will be gone, but I do think you'll still see a decent amount of people walking around mm-hmm. with masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in general, Unfortunately, venues are going to kind of be trapped between both of those demographics of the maskers and the non-maskers. And, you know, they're going to get flack from both of those parties. And so it, it, it seems to make sense to kind of just stay where you are if you're in a mask mandate and just kind of stay with it. But it, uh, logistically, like I get it, you know, we just talked about not having masks for our actors. So, I, you know, you, you give and take. Yeah, um, yeah. I think in general, though, we're going to be looking at a pretty decent year. I think if household restrictions are lifted, and that's probably the key for most haunted attractions, is that, you know, in the past you have a group of two and a group of two, and now you can combine them into a group of four and send them all in together. But if you have to send a group of two, and then they're done, and then another group of two, and then they're done, that just right there reduced your input by 50%. Yep. So that's the, that's the cost that I think a lot of us are kind of waiting on is that we can combine groups better, but we'll see. I think we'll see. But I think overall it'll be a decent year. Um, the vaccine I think is going to help, but I, I don't know that we're going to be totally out, out of the woods um, by fall. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think by 2022 will be, things are going to be good. I, you know, I think of COVID is like uh, 9-11 that it changed things long-term. I mean, look, you know, TSA didn't exist, right? Yeah. Before yeah. So I think there are still going to be some things that are probably going to stick. I think hand sanitizer, too bad none of us bought stock. <laughs> and it was right. All of us were like, oh, come on. Like, this is a two-month thing. Like, why are we all freaking out about hand sanitizer? I think hand sanitizer is here to stay for a long term. And I think that the, the businesses and the venues that offer it, it's cheap, right? Uh, yeah. It smells like... It smells like turpentine and a little bit of tequila mixed in, but which might be okay. But I think regardless, if you're offering it, I almost think it kind of it bumps you up a tier of like, oh, yeah, this is like a legitimate place or a yeah, legitimate attraction yeah. because mm-hmm. they actually care about me as the customer, which is fascinating in, in, in its resolve. So um, I think those things are going to kind of be around for a little bit, but – We'll see. I mean, I literally like right before we got on our call, you know, I'm same thing as last year. I built three budgets last year. I'm going to build two budgets this year. One of them is going to be with the restrictions that we operated in 2020 with. Mm-hmm. And the other one is going to be pretty much 2019 without restrictions and how to budget to make those numbers work in the mean, uh, based off of what we're going to change, what we're changing operationally. So there's uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it may not be very bright, but there's light. So we're getting there. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, just had a thought. Did the haunt crud hit you this year, or did all of these precautions? Nothing. Nothing. That's amazing. And <laughs> and we're hearing nationally, um, across the board, that there really was no such thing as the haunt crud or haunt plague this year. That's fascinating. Um, across the board. So it again, sanitizer is here to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, you think about, you know, think about for is an attraction. You know, you have a limited number of nights to make your money or to make your customers happy mm-hmm. if you're like a home hunter. And if you lose any of your staff, that greatly, you know, it greatly changes it your, your, show. your, your operation, your output, and, you know, how your experience is for your customers. And so, you know, and, and not to mention everyone who's running around sick. And, you know, I think there was a double whammy for it, um, which was, one, if you had any symptoms of being sick, you went you home. Go. Yep, you had you were out for 48 hours. You know, and you typically have the people who are like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And um, and I think that really helped. And then, of course, just having sanitizer. You know, we had an extra staff person who was walking around, 
every 20 minutes, all the doorknobs on our entire property were glycol every 20 minutes. Yay. Like for me, <laughs> guy, I, you know, like there, I used to cringe having to touch the doorknob because I'm like, I know there's been 400 other people that have touched this doorknob in the last hour. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to lick this doorknob. <laughs> yeah. But it's been pretty cool. It's been really cool to see. Um, and our staff, they noticed it. I mean, they noticed that they were healthier. They noticed they had more fun because they had the energy to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think they really appreciated that. And we're seeing that happen and trickle into the workplace as well, where people, you know, because so many folks are working from home now that, you know, you're you're seeing this increase in productivity. I mean, you all remember, remember two years ago when you asked your boss and you're like, hey, you know, I could probably do this from home. They're like, no, it wouldn't be. It would be very inefficient and you wouldn't be good at it. And now here we are, and the data is proving that we're more efficient, we're getting stuff done, we're more creative, and that's, I think, the cool part that I love about COVID is it's like neener, neener, neener. <laughs> so. yeah, there, there's a lot of businesses that are having to, I mean, mine included, you know, my, my day job part where, oh, no, we can send, everybody can, you know, pretty much do this all from home, and they're fine. The work's getting done. And, you know, we're not sitting here listening to somebody sniffle and cough their way through the day because I swear I'm not contagious. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see. It'll be really interesting. I mean, you know, even I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but even looking at commercial property and, you know, like, Leslie, I don't know what you do, but, you know, think about all these buildings where all these like old businesses and corner offices and and call centers and like all this stuff used to be housed in these mega buildings. And now they're empty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I'm a controller at a consulting firm, but I also have another, a second job where I do commercial real estate and I do accounting for commercial real estate. And on both of them, it's just like, you know, we have two, we own two suites in the building that I'm in for my first job. And then my other building, my other job owns three buildings and we're sitting here going, do we need three suites? Do we need two buildings? How much money can we save? (laughs) How much yeah. money can we save by not having to pay rent? Um, you know, just high-rise buildings are not being occupied because they don't want people in elevators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, our, the, the entire downtown Denver area is pretty much shut down still because they simply do not want the volume of people utilizing elevators. Huh. Uh, yeah. So it, it's it's gonna it is it's definitely a huge reset and it's just getting started as to what it's gonna look like and it, it very is very similar to just kind of like that 9/11 emergency what do we do now and how do we prevent these things from happening in the future mm-hmm. yeah to be continued yeah no Can't kidding wait. oh yeah I love, I love change <laughs> <laughs> it always brings up new opportunities and new things to evaluate and think about and new ways of looking at what you do and you know it really it really it forces you to really take stock and and say is this the best way and you know what can we do better and what can we do differently yeah. and now we suddenly have an opportunity to you know push back against the but we've always done it this way it's like well okay we can't really do it this way now so let's go back and reevaluate everything else that have been brought up in the past that we've turned down because it's yeah. easier to turn it down than to try and make it work yeah true love it well cool i've got just one question left my time flies when you're having fun no kidding right does i want to know uh what are you guys working on like what's the next big event fear factory's got coming up and can you give us any any sneak peeks into what's happening this year i uh you know i have some photos um i i should have shared them with you earlier um so one of our biggest buildings it's the vampire manor it's a 16th century vampire coven um three stories high uh it is uh it's sexy that's really all there is to it it's the most it's one of our most beautiful sets it was kind of a – I always joke that the Vampire Manor is kind of like that old guy on Jurassic Park, spared no expense. Like, <laughs> um, and uh, and it really looks that way. And so our storyline is pretty simple, that there was this horrible, horrible fight that happened in the, you know the back 16th century between good and evil, and thank goodness evil won. <laughs> um, and so uh, – so the whole vampire manor, like this entire beautiful coven, is getting trashed. And we're like bulldozing through walls. And we're, um, we're using about 60% of, our, of our, our layout. But we've remapped it in a way that allows for less actors and more scares. Because this set was originally built by a movie studio. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, it's impec- Like it's just incredible to look at. Yeah. But from a haunting perspective, logistically and operationally, it's beautiful, but it doesn't really work. Right. And so now it works incredibly well. And our tech team is like, they're just going nuts and getting ready. And, you know, and this is one of our biggest areas. It's our second biggest area. So it's a lot of work, but um, I'm super, super stoked for it. And, um, you know, we have a, a really great leadership team in the Vampire Manor. And so they're stoked about like, Woohoo! Like we're getting a renovation. So, yeah, so I'm pretty stoked about it. So we'll kind of see. Um, we're also debating. You know, rides have been really kind of tricky um, because you can't really. You know, we have three rides. We have a zip line, a tower jump. You drop six stories straight down, and then this like triple access ball, like a sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to operate all three of those. Because you have to like harness people in and strap them in, which means you have to be six feet. Mm, um, sure. I think everyone's kind of over that now, and they're like, I'm okay being less than six feet as long as you have your mask on. But operationally, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do with rides yet. I'd like to bring them back for sure. They're fun. Like, there's nothing cooler than you know seeing somebody fly, you know, 300 feet over the graveyard, like where all these people are <laughs> like, oh my god, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, you know, I, I really have to look at cost effectiveness and, you know, it, it's kind of more of like a really cool aesthetic of like that. That's what makes us an attraction yeah. rather than just a haunted house. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. But um, for sure, the renovation is full speed ahead. The team's killing it. They're, they're there pretty much every day at this point, kind of getting ready and building. And, um, man, it's going to look awesome. I can't wait. When, when's the next time you're bringing guests on? Is it uh... – Midsummer, midsummer screen. Yeah, it'll be in May again, um, probably towards the end of May, just like last year. Uh-huh. Um, we were open May 29, 30. Last year, we'll probably be open similar, especially now with Transworld. There's lots of work to get done for Transworld, so will either of you be there? That is up Maybe. in the air right now. I'm hoping right. I might if be able to pull are, it off. It's going to depend on a number of things that are partly out of my control right now. Yeah, uh-huh. I hear you. If you can, let me know so I can make sure to say hi in person. Will do. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Transworld's looking like it'll be a good year. I, I think, you know, right now, um, the same – they're actually, like, I think 100 people off from the 2020 reservations. So that's great. So Transworld looks like it'll be a good year for vendors, um, which is great. You know, businesses rely on the vendors, and the vendors rely on the businesses. It's very uh-huh. cyclical. Uh-huh. So yeah. um, and especially HAAs, you know – HAA just announced that vendors that donate to the auction, they get 50% of it back. It's kind of like a vendor relief program for all of our vendors that lost a lot of money last year. Uh-huh. So that's cool. they donate to it, and then HAA keeps all that money. And this year, HAA is going to be like, you know, you guys need this as much as anybody else, so we're going to give 50% of that back, which is kind of cool. And I think a lot of vendors are like, yeah, you know what? Like, I need to be at Transworld. Um, but it has been really sad. It's kind of humbling and, and kind of, you know, it's a rude awakening that, you know, how many small businesses have, have lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a substantial amount of um, vendors who aren't going to be with us this year, which kind of sucks. Yeah. So, but hopefully they're finding new roads and new paths, which will be great. So Opportunities to innovate. Yep. How it goes. Yep. Cool. Spence, I see you rocking your Fear Factory shirt. I'm rocking... Our brand hey! as well. Want to swap? I love it. Want to swap shirts? I'll send you a hunting you shirt if you send me a Fear Factory shirt. Right? Let's do it. Cool. Uh, let's do it at the end of 2021 because we're about ready to roll out five new designs. Ooh. Not gonna lie, they're pretty hot. I'm <laughs> um, super stoked about it. Our uh, our graphics designer has been hard at work, kind of like really coming up and thinking of cool new things, and uh, yeah, pretty stoked. Cool. Next haunt season, we'll do it. We'll get in touch again. Okay. Deal. That'll be fun. That's great. I like it. All right. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for coming on again and telling all our viewers, listeners, listeners, we'll stick with that. Listeners. Just helping us understand better how such a professional haunt operates. It it opens up a whole, yeah, exactly. It opens, opens up a whole other set of challenges that we just don't even think about and getting to see, getting to pick your brain a little bit and, um, and see behind the curtain is extremely valuable. So thank you so much for taking the time out and coming back on to talk with us. Absolutely. Yep. It's good to yeah, see you. Thank you. One, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll look forward to next time. So Sounds good. Good. Happy 2021. And to you, sir. Happy 2021. Cheers for that. All right, guys. Take care. All Thanks right. So much. Thank you. Good to be with you. Bye-bye. And he's out. So closing thoughts. 
it's always so much fun when he comes on. Like I just really have this ridiculous is. grin on my face the entire time. Again, you know, he's he's his focus is on the and I I do like the the differentiation between a venue haunt and a home haunt because we're all professionals in some way or another. We all put the level of dedication and thought into what we do. So I really do like that that differentiation that everybody's a professional haunter. You might be a venue haunt, you might be a home haunt. But even though he's a venue haunt and, you know, quite a quite a well-known, well-run haunt, a lot of the challenges that that they face are are very very similar if only just scaled up yes. to the challenges that the us home haunters face, you know, how do you manage your throughput? How do you you know, crowd control, crowd control, you know, ticketing, you know, adjusting to, oh, we're only doing half a face of makeup. Okay, how do we make this work and, and make it look just as good as if you're doing a, a, a full face? So despite the differences in scale and, um, you know, level of business operation, the, the practical difficulties are still very, very similar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and still very, very applicable to home haunters and to our listeners as to things to, to think about and consider, even if it's just at a smaller scale. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, that was a lot of fun. Got a few housekeeping items we want to talk about real quick before we close out, uh, and then we'll wrap up. First off, uh, of course, please go check out our website. We have been very busy at revamping it. Uh, it is now You can now get to it much more easily, www.hauntingyou.com. We'll take you right to our website. But if you've already got it bookmarked, hauntingyou.podbean.com will also get you to that website as well. A few new pages on the website. Uh, the one I really want to point out is there's a whole page now dedicated to becoming a sponsor if you want to partner with Haunting You. And especially for our home haunters out there, we have something special in there just for you. If you would like to get your website, get your logo on our website and get a link to your website, a, a way to advertise your haunt relatively easily, it'll cost you a dollar a month. 12 bucks will get you the entire year. If you sign up for multiple years, it's even cheaper. But we will happily put your logo on the ha- on our website and link your website from our website so people can find you much more easily just for a dollar a month. You can find that on our webpage. Secondly, the Haunted Attraction Association, as Spencer mentioned, we will put a link in the show notes today to help you find that if you want to join. And, of course, we have to give a pitch to the Chamber of Haunters you can get $15 off if you want to join the Chamber of Haunters just by using the code HAUNTINGYOU. You can find more info on all of that on the promotions page of our website. A couple of big events that are coming up that I want to point everyone's attention to. Uh, HauntCon. The virtual show is January 19th to the 21st. So go sign up, and it is a completely free, completely virtual show. You can uh, sit in on the classes, learn a whole bunch of really cool stuff, but only if you sign up. So that is under the events page on our website. The other big one I want to point out is the Home Haunter Award Show. This is run by uh, the same guys who run Halloween Yard Haunts group on Facebook. Every year they, for the last, well, I think this is only their second year now. But we are sponsoring the Home Haunters Award Show. This is your opportunity to show off what you do, and they will judge you in a whole variety of categories. Special categories this year include best motorized prop, best static prop, best pneumatic prop, best walkthrough, best display, and the best overall. And then for those of you who uh, jumped on the bandwagon and bought a 12-foot skeleton, they have a best 12-foot skeleton prop. <laughs> just for just for all of you. I was not lucky enough oh, to get hold it. of one of those. And then Best Haunt Cycled, one of my favorite, showing off the props that you make by spending very little money. Haunt, the Best Haunt Cycled props. So that can be found hhaawards.rip, coolest URL ever. I want to know how I can pull that off. Anyway, uh, go, si- go submit your stuff for the haunting home hunters award show uh that closes january 22nd so you only have a week after this episode airs you have one week to get your entries in get them in now oh let's do a quick run through of our social media and then i think we call it a day Alrighty. yes social media we have some <laughs> you can find us on twitter at haunting Univer one instagram haunting university apparently there's an at on, at, on Instagram. It is at Haunting University. At, oh, I learned I, that. I don't use Instagram. I don't either. I'm going to have to. So, Instagram at Haunting University. And Facebook uh, is 
Facebook.com slash haunting you. Yep. I listened to this for now 36 episodes and I still can't get it straight. <laughs> it's okay. We don't hold it against you. And then Sanguine Creek Estates to follow our build there is facebook.com slash SCE haunt. That's right. That's right. I think that's all of the housekeeping items that I wanted to talk about. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. We are very grateful for you. Definitely go check out our website because we have all kinds of new stuff there and we are updating it constantly. It's becoming a minor obsession of mine. Uh, so go check it out. Make my hard work worth it and help me feel better about myself is, is really what I'm asking for here. <laughs> validation. Validation. Need validation. Need validation. <laughs> it does look really good, the work that you've done, and yet you've, you've clearly been putting in a lot of time on it. I want to give a quick shout out to what Leslie saw on Apple Podcasts, and that was our very first review. On Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts. And... Yeah, not our first review ever, but definitely our first one on Apple Podcasts, and it made me smile. Yeah, so the listener's username is Kira Masaurus. She said, this is my new podcast, seamless blend of informative and hilarious. Hosts have great chemistry, and you can learn out. If you don't like this podcast, you don't like fun. Thank you so much for saying that. It really warmed my heart (laughs) and made me laugh and giggle and even made my wife laugh and giggle, which was very pleasant. So thank you so much. Uh, Contact me if... You wrote this. Uh, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter, and I want to send you a Haunting You shirt for leaving us such a cool rating. That should be incentive to everyone else. If you uh, want to potentially win some Haunting You swag, leave us a review on whatever podcast app that you are using. Uh, and if it makes us smile and laugh, we'll give you a shout out and send you some swag as well. So with that, I think that wraps up this episode of Haunting You. Thank you all so much for listening, and happy haunting. John, we still miss you. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license. From Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com.